Maharaja, you are friendly host on Saga 960 AM and uh, staying on the political track, I am pleased to welcome to the studio the equally friendly, perhaps more friendly, Mr. Khalid Rashid, who is the MPP for Mississauga East Streetsville, it is? Uh, East Cooksville. Cooksville, right. Uh, sometimes I get lost between the wheels, but <laughs> Mississauga East uh, Cooksville and also the deputy whip for the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party in uh, our parliament at uh, Queen's Park. Uh, welcome to the studio. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is very important because, you know, uh, in terms of having a dialogue with uh, the people, there need to be certain platforms. Now, you have your own platforms, but more the merrier. And therefore, um, you know, here, this being a call-in show, people are able to interact uh, in real time directly with uh, whatever questions or concerns they may have. So thank you for uh, setting this up. This is uh, hopefully going to be a regular feature. And then as people get to know more and more about it, they'll be able to participate. No, absolutely. And uh, first of all, thank you so very much uh, for, uh, you know, having me on this show. Oh, pleasure. And uh, thank you to the Saga 960 uh, for all the great work you guys are doing for uh, for the people of uh, this province. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. Now, first thing, uh, you know, maybe we can start with a description of what a deputy whip does in the <laughs> parliament. <laughs> because the image of a whip is not a very pleasant one. But I'm sure you've given your pleasant uh, demeanor. It uh, is not that bad. No, no, absolutely. You know how people always say like a whip. Uh, yeah. you know, so it's that it's not that kind of a whip. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but no, basically my role uh, moving forward, uh, because I was just appointed not too long ago, mm -hmm. will be to work with uh, our caucus mm -hmm. um, and make sure that, you know, um, we understand each member's requests and everything mm -hmm. and just collaborate with them, work with them together to achieve a common goal. And that is uh, a very basic role of uh, uh, the deputy whip. I, as I understand, that means uh, you are understanding the concerns that the uh, members, individual members bring uh, that represent the concerns of their constituents and then channel them into the discussion that is going on um, uh, in terms of policy making. Absolutely. But also we work very closely with the House Leader Office uh, mm -hmm. because, you know, during a time of vote, make sure that everybody is there, mm -hmm. um, making sure that we all are aligned to mm -hmm. um, what we are planning to do. Mm -hmm. So there are so many things that um, a deputy whip will be doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, I haven't yet had the chance to experience this uh, because you know we the house is not in session right All now right. but once we go back um, absolutely I will be working very closely with our caucus members this becomes important for the constituents because uh, unfortunately and this should not be the case but unfortunately uh, for many many people uh, the only interaction with politics that they have is number one at the time of voting or during election period and secondly, if they personally happen to have some requirement where they approach their elected representative at whatever level. Other than that, uh, there is hardly any interaction now. One hopes for a better situation, but while it is there, um, whatever is going on in parliament or in government is largely not within their view. And therefore, providing an interface is, uh, is very important. Yes, so basically what... Um what I do or my team does is mm -hmm. we always uh, make sure that we are interacting with our constituents mm -hmm. because our constituents are the ones who uh, put us in that in this position where right. we are today. Right. 
And if we are not listening to them mm-hmm. or their concerns, mm-hmm. then uh, what are we doing? <laughs> Of the day. Absolutely. So, absolutely. I mean, from time to time, we mm-hmm. host events in mm-hmm. our riding or in our office, constant office, mm-hmm. because I have a policy where it's an open door. Right. People, uh, our our constituents. Actually, I like to call. Uh, I don't like to call them constituents. I like to call them neighbors because I actually <laughs> live in in the riding as well too. Right. So. They are my neighbors. Right. So I always ask our neighbors to just come walk in, in the office, mm-hmm. uh, usually because Monday to Thursday when the parliament is in session, mm-hmm. we are at Queen's Park. Right. But on Fridays and even on the weekends, I say, like, if you would like to meet with me mm-hmm. and um, if there are no events happening, I'm mm-hmm. more than happy to meet with you uh, in the week uh, on the weekend as well, too. Right. Because... If I'm not listening to my neighbors' mm-hmm. concerns, mm-hmm. then uh, I think I'm not doing justice to this job. Right, yeah, because right. They, they entrusted you exactly with that responsibility. So you have to uphold that. Absolutely. And, and I'm very proud to say that um, our premier, the Honorable Doug Ford, he always encourages us. He mm-hmm. always say, go out. Listen to your constituents, your neighbors, mm-hmm. um, address their concerns. And if there's something that he as a premier can do mm-hmm. to to help our neighbors, mm-hmm. he's always there. I mean, he's like, you know what, just tell me and we will uh, find out some a way for to help um, your constituents. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, he, he basically say this to every caucus member. Right. He's like, it's basic for him as customer service 101. <laughs> right. right right he's known for that yeah yeah i mean he's you, known for you that. have to yeah. you have to i mean at the end of the day the constituents are the one who gonna who have elected you mm-hmm. and are going to reelect you that's right so you have to make sure that you're always out there mm-hmm. um knocking their doors mm-hmm. and if they call you for any concern mm-hmm. we address their concerns right now the you know routines and schedule of uh, of an mpp is uh, hectic enough yes now you have the additional responsibility of coordinating among all your caucus colleagues and uh, that may i am imagining here but that may require you to travel all over uh, ontario if need be mm, yes and no i mean uh, most of my work is going to be within queens park mm-hmm. and Honestly, nowadays with technology, you really don't have to tra- travel. You can, you have like WhatsApp or whatever. There are so many m- ways and means to have conversation with your colleagues, right? So uh, if there's anything, I can just pick up the phone, have a conversation, mm-hmm. or I can have a WebEx conversations mm-hmm. right. or or anything. I, there are so many ways. So, uh, yes, I mean, most of my time definitely will be uh, at, at Queen's Park, mm-hmm. but uh, one should never forget their neighbors as well, too. Well, I'm so happy. You can't imagine how happy you have made me with your talk about technology. Because this has been a pet peeve of mine, especially when a politician is hitting me with carbon tax and then flitting around the globe. I say, wait, why don't you behave like there is an emergency here? Because that's the statement that you made last night, that we are in a climate emergency. So, you know, there was this article by Rex Murphy in the National Post. And he quoted someone, I'm forgetting the name, but uh, he said, I'll believe that it's a crisis when the people who claim that it's a crisis act like it's a crisis. So the use of technology, if we can... uh, 
have a call center in India or Philippines nowadays, uh, then that means it is possible. So I'm happy to see that there is at least one politician who uh, goes by what I believe is the solution. See, the thing is, um, I'm I'm proud to say that our government believes that there is only one taxpayer. Right. A and, uh, you know, there is not like, you know, 100 different like no, taxpayers. There's only it's the one same taxpayer. wallet. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, for you, as an example, mm -hmm. you are paying provincial tax, you are paying federal tax. I have to respect your the dollar that you're paying towards taxes. Mm -hmm. Now, I can take a flight, mm -hmm. and when people talk about environment, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I can uh, take a flight, be part of uh, the uh, adding all these layers of environment, stuff like that. <laughs> right. Or I can just pick up a phone or, mm -hmm. or do a, a video conferencing. That's right. So I'm saving mm -hmm. you as taxpayers mm -hmm. a lot of money. I'm putting more money back in your pocket right. by not flying out or not doing things that mm -hmm. I could easily do it from my own office. Mm -hmm. So we look at these things very, very carefully. Mm -hmm. Every dollar that we spend, mm -hmm. uh, we are on a personal level, but also our premier, he always mm -hmm. says this, mm -hmm. that every dollar you spend, mm -hmm. Just make sure that you have done everything possible to not waste that money. Right. And this is our core mandate of our government is mm -hmm. to stop the wastage mm -hmm. that has been happening in the past. Mm -hmm. And we have to change things around. And in the last one year, we have done quite a bit in changing things around. Now, let's turn to policy issues. Sure. Um, two main areas that I want to cover because they have been in the news uh, uh, for the most part. One is uh, education and the other is health. From all the pronouncements that come from time to time, as a person who may be uh, busy in their own lives, in their own work, uh, you know, I, I can imagine if someone is unable to keep track of where the policy is. So maybe you can try and present a simplified <laughs> version of where we are, for example, on education now. Yeah, sure. So, um, very recently, mm -hmm. we made an announcement mm -hmm. that we will be investing $13 billion in the next 10 years on uh, capital expenditures, mm -hmm. renovations of, mm -hmm. of school uh, right. schools and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two is that what the listeners have to understand is that our government mm -hmm. is investing money in education. Mm -hmm. What we are doing is that we are saying that, you know, the core principles of, of education in right. terms of, you know, the STEM and mm -hmm. uh, maths and 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 uh, courses like these, mm -hmm. we, we want to increase uh, funding as much as possible because mm -hmm. this is all about the next generation. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm I'm only 37 year old and mm -hmm. I'm a father of four kids. So mm -hmm. for me, the most important thing is to make sure that our next generation is getting ready mm -hmm. for the next world That's that they're right. going to be getting into. That's right. Uh, when it comes to funding of of school boards, as an mm -hmm. example, uh, the way the funding formula works is basically that you every school board get funding based on their enrollment. Right. So every year, a school board will submit that this many number of students have enrolled in mm -hmm. the school board, mm -hmm. and we, as a province, gives funding accordingly. Mm -hmm. 
and that's what we have been doing. Right. Now, if certain school board enrollment has went down, right, and the other, let's say, like school uh, board A funding mm-hmm. uh, enrollment of students mm-hmm. have gone down, mm-hmm. and board B students enrollment have gone up. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we are going to take the funding away from school uh, board A mm-hmm. and give it to board B based on the uh, enrollment. That's right. That's how the province do funding. Right. And that is exactly how we have been doing. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that's uh, people actually need to understand that this is how the mm-hmm. funding works. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there was um, some information about you know us um, in terms of the funding to capital expenditures and stuff mm-hmm. like that, we, we announced that we're going to be, uh, you know, spending $13 uh, billion mm-hmm. in the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. But also, we are uh, going to be spending about uh, $1.6 billion. Uh, we have submitted uh, the funding to the attrition funds. So okay. no school teacher mm-hmm. will lose their job. Right. That's the most important thing because how it, in the past, in the past few months, it has been that, you know, teachers are going to get laid off because mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, provincial right. funding issues. Right. Well, we, we just invested $1.6 billion. Mm-hmm. And then just for this school year also, mm-hmm. like uh, approximately about $1.4 billion that mm-hmm. we have given as mm-hmm. well to. Mm-hmm. So as a province, mm-hmm. we are investing money in education mm-hmm. because we have to prepare our, our students for tomorrow. That's right. And that's exactly what we are doing. We are preparing our students from, for tomorrow mm-hmm. by investing money in their future. We are talking to MPP Khalid Rashid, M- MPP for Mississauga Center, Cooksville. And he's also the deputy whip of the Ontario Progressive Conservative Party at Queen's Park. If you have any questions and concerns, you can call 416-640-0200. That's 416-640-0200. And feel free, but um, I would request that you keep your uh, questions limited to either education or health policy. Uh, You know, talking about this uh, capital spending, as you were uh, explaining the commitment that has been made, uh, one unpleasant surprise that I got sometime last year was uh, knowing that there was a maintenance backlog or repairs and maintenance backlog across the school boards in Ontario for $16 billion for a government that uh, consecutively claimed to be uh, the education premier or committed to education or whatever. Now, I'm not saying these words because you are in front of me and you are from a different party. Trust me, if there is something that your government does and I have an objection to that, I'll be equally (laughs) open about it because I'm a free speech guy. But, uh, uh, you know, these are the kinds of uh, uh, these are the kinds of um, uh, developments where as a taxpayer and as a citizen, I feel like there should be more timely information about such uh, issues or problems. How do you think we can get around to a place where uh, any such building problems? Because I don't want to know when the amount has reached 16 billion, because then it becomes a uh, steep hill to climb. So how can we make sure that this kind of information is coming out and uh, being made available to citizens of Ontario on a timely basis? So today, 
Mm-hmm. I I mean, whenever we make an announcement, mm-hmm. we use uh, almost every platform out there mm-hmm. to make sure that people uh, are the uh, the Ontarians know mm-hmm. that what uh, investments we are we are doing. Mm-hmm. Coming to your program mm-hmm. is is part of that yes. a- a- announcements right. as well too, because I per, I personally I would like the people of Ontario to know the mm-hmm. investments that we are doing, mm-hmm. and we will continue to do it. Right. So. Shows like yours mm-hmm. are a platform for me to come and give the people mm-hmm. the information that right. they are looking for. Right. And absolutely, we would love to get their feedback as well, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how things work, right? I mean, you do something, you get the feedback. Mm-hmm. If there is some improvement that needs, mm-hmm. we will make improvement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if people are happy, we are happy. We continue to, to move on as well, too. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all... Uh, building good relationship and mm-hmm. serving our our people of Ontario. No offense meant, but uh, any government will give information about uh, what it has done. Mm-hmm. But there are things that remain not done and mm-hmm. that information needs to come out at some point and, uh, before it becomes too big a problem to tackle. Yeah, no, and, and that's why... Uh, I think we're going to be meeting on a weekly basis. Right. So I'm sure we're going to have uh, a lot to discuss right. as well, too. <laughs> right. And that's why, I, I mean, if if I wanted to say, like, you know, there was some information that I didn't want to share mm-hmm. or anything, then I would have excused myself. Right. We are out there in public. Mm-hmm. We are asking the public to... Mm-hmm get information from us. Mm-hmm. I was actually just uh, um, this afternoon at an event mm-hmm. and I was speaking to about, uh, I would say good two, three hundred people. Okay. And I said, we as your MPPs, mm-hmm. we are here mm-hmm. to, because you have elected us, we mm-hmm. are here to serve you. Mm-hmm. Please reach out to us. All right. Come to our office with any of your concern, mm-hmm. questions, mm-hmm. or recommendation, right. and we will be happy mm-hmm. to address those uh, mm-hmm. concerns that you may have. Mm-hmm. This is what our job is. Mm. I mean, <laughs> you know, we are sitting in the office right. to to address your concerns. Right. And we, if there's anything that uh, we need to go to our ministers or mm-hmm. ministries, mm-hmm. we will go. Mm-hmm. And and I'm very proud to say that our our ministers are doing an, an amazing job because they are there whenever we reach out to them. Mm-hmm. They are very quick to respond to the inquiries mm-hmm. that our neighbors are asking for. Right. And definitely the uh, our new uh, minister of education, Stephen Lache, mm-hmm. he's uh, um, like part of the millennial as well too. And you <laughs> know he he understands what. Uh, next generation mm-hmm. wants right and and I'm so proud that you know he's doing a, such a fantastic job right now mm-hmm. uh, the very first thing he did was uh, he said you know what school uh, they need repairs mm-hmm. let's uh, give them funding mm-hmm. this 13 billion uh, funding is part of the expenditures and mm-hmm. building new schools so mm-hmm. it shows that these are not just the numbers but a commitment mm-hmm. to the people of Ontario that we will continue to do our best one 
you know, major problem that I see, and I don't envy you in your position because of that, which is the absolute financial mess that we have. Now, I don't want to give you a platform here, but I'm I'm voicing my very honest opinion, which I have publicly stated on this broadcast many times, which is that, uh, you know, there is this uh, mess that we have, the highest sub-sovereign data entity in the world, $350 billion in debt, $12 billion a year in interest payments. Actually, I've made a calculation which shows that we are in a debt trap, which means we are borrowing money to pay interest. So your borrowing is actually going up, which means at some point the interest will become too high. Now, within that, you have to navigate your way to make sure that all the essential uh, plans get implemented, all the necessary funding gets done. Now, I can see that becoming a very um, serious challenge in uh, uh, funding for healthcare. So, how are you navigating that? So, actually, you brought up a very good point about mm-hmm. um, the the mess that we inherited um, mm-hmm. uh, after after becoming uh, after getting into power. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, like, what um, we always try to explain to mm-hmm. the people of um, of Ontario mm-hmm. is that there is approximately about three hundred and fifty billion dollars that debt. this province is in, in debt and and numbers are are, are growing right yes. now right yes uh, approximately about i uh, give or take roughly we are about 11 billion dollar is, is our uh, deficit at the moment right now uh, approximately give or take 11 mm-hmm. billion dollars that mm-hmm. the deficit which means that we are spending 11 or uh, $12 billion more than what we are bringing in. That's right. Um, our interest payment mm-hmm. is $13.5 billion. Mm-hmm. Just imagine if we are able to reduce our interest payment, mm-hmm. just interest payment mm-hmm. by a billion or so, mm-hmm. how much that billion is going to help us that we can take that money mm-hmm. and reinvest mm-hmm. into uh, ministries like uh, healthcare, mm-hmm. into education, mm-hmm. into social services. Right. This is what we, on daily basis, mm-hmm. are fighting: mm-hmm. is to make sure that we reduce that this debt amount mm-hmm. or this interest amount, right. so we can reinvest these this, these uh, funds mm-hmm. into uh, like education and things mm-hmm. like this because it's it's very very important. Mm-hmm. We are investing money in healthcare. Mm-hmm. We are. Uh, we promise uh, about fifteen thousand long-term care beds. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in the first year, we have already mm-hmm. delivered half of those. Right. Uh, we just made an announcement in Mississauga as well. To just in my own uh, riding of Mississauga, East Cooksville, mm-hmm. we roughly had about uh, we had uh, thirty-two long-term care beds or transition beds mm-hmm. in the Cooksville Care Center. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Unfortunately, yes, people may think that we are not investing. Mm-hmm. We are investing money in healthcare system. I'll tell you where the problem comes from. Sure. Uh, from a public's point of view, it is uh, probably only perception, maybe more. I don't know. But uh, I live in Brampton. Now, that is ground zero of our uh, hallway <laughs> medicine crisis. Right? Not that it doesn't exist elsewhere, but in Brampton, it is most acutely felt. The Brampton Civic is basically the only hospital functioning. 
the emergency room there was emergency division was uh, designed for 200 patients a day it's seeing anything between 400 to 500 a day definitely they are overloaded now at that point when the matter came to a vote in parliament i don't care who brought that vote forward it was brought by ndp right and uh, the two uh, pc party mpps uh, were not there to vote now if they had voted against the motion i would have understood that as you know something that the party tells you to do there is a matter of discipline you do that but staying away from the vote gives me leaves me with a sour taste in the mouth that has not gone away <laughs> with all the time that has passed so these are the things where uh, you know i guess you have to come out with some project that gives you immediate mileage in terms of uh, public perception because as you said you are doing things but it's a matter of perception see in the you talked about the emergency room mm-hmm. right the the real issue here is that the bed mm-hmm. that uh, so i'll give you a small example of my own own household my mm-hmm. own own grandmother mm-hmm. uh she uh, my grandmother she lives with me and uh, not too long ago she she fell down mm-hmm. and uh, so we took her to uh, the local hospital in mississauga mm-hmm. and uh, after some time i felt like she was a little bit like overstaying mm-hmm. um, even though she's my grandmother but i was like you know she's she's overstaying mm-hmm. and uh, didn't realize that it was because we just didn't had enough the, the system mm-hmm. was desi- not designed where she could have easily left the hospital come home right uh, because you know like um, uh, lens and mm-hmm. uh, PSWs. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work that needs to right. that is uh, done right. uh, in order for somebody to leave the hospital and mm-hmm. and then they are in, in under care and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So uh, she stayed there for approximately about two months. Oh. Now I felt like that bed hmm. could have been used by somebody else. Yes. So. What our government did, and, and credit goes to our Minister of Health, Christine Elliott, mm-hmm. and, and now um, Ministers for Long-Term Care, Beth, um, Merrily Fullerton, mm-hmm. they said, you know, the, the main issue is that we need to take individuals mm-hmm. uh, from the hospital bed mm-hmm. and move them to either like the rehabilitation bed, mm-hmm. long-term right. care bed, right. because that's the only way mm-hmm. we are going to reduce the pressure that mm-hmm. the hospitals are facing. Because right. when you go into an emergency room, mm-hmm. you are sitting there for like 10, 12 hours. Mm-hmm. Why? Because there's no bed available. Yes. Uh, when I took my grandmother mm-hmm. to the hospital, mm-hmm. uh, she was basically um, lying on, in a hallway mm-hmm. on a hospital bed. Right. And I was like, you know, Am I in a different country? But this is Canada. <laughs> right. I mean, we, we exactly. pride ourselves exactly. in our healthcare system. Right. So, we, our government went went into the core issue. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, we need to because the baby boomers are retiring. Right. The the senior population is growing. Mm-hmm. The seniors have given so much to us. Yes. And we owe them. We owe them the best care possible. So the whole idea is to move them if they visit a hospital and they need to stay or mm-hmm. long-term care, let's move them to long-term care bed. And mm-hmm. that's why the very first thing we did is that we are investing in long-term care right. beds. 
Because now, let's say if there are 6,000 long-term care beds, mm. which means now 6,000 individuals or seniors are going to come out of the hospital. They're mm-hmm. going to go into a long-term care facility. Mm-hmm. They will be given exceptionally amazing mm-hmm. services. And those beds are going to be empty for so that the people who are waiting in emergency room or mm-hmm. waiting for a bed to be available, mm-hmm. now they will have a bed for them. Precisely. This was my experience too. I had a family member who had to be hospitalized. And, uh, you know, the small details that once you get to receive that uh, uh, health care, it is top-notch. Problem is getting to that point. So my experience was we um, uh, took him to uh, the emergency uh, of uh, Brampton Civic. And there is like a line of stretchers waiting, people who had been brought in uh, on stretchers. Uh, maybe seven or eight. Now, in many cases, there are policemen, police officers accompanying the stretcher. Yeah. Uh, of course, the paramedics. And there is only one counter. So it takes at least uh, one and a half to two hours to even register the patient. So it doesn't matter how good the uh, quality of uh, health care is on the other side of that counter. You are already frustrated. Now, I'll give you another example as a contrast. I've lived in UAE, and at one point I was applying for someone's uh, visit visa, and uh, when I reached the place, I had never been there before. When I reached it, my heart sank because there was a massive queue. Must have been at least a couple of hundred, maybe more people waiting in the queue. And my turn came in less than 10 minutes because they had 15 counters and each counter, they don't discuss anything. They, they just take the papers. If they are in order, they stamp it and give you a receipt. If they are not in order, they'll say what is missing and give it back to you. One uh, person at the counter doesn't take more than two minutes. So less than 10 minutes in a crowd of more than 200 people, I am served in 10 minutes' time. That is what uh, releases the bottleneck. What I saw at Brampton Civic was that bottleneck, especially when someone is being taken there as emergency. So those are the small measures, as you said, even long-term care beds. You know, the ordinary person may think as to what it has to do with a regular hospital service. But someone who has recovered and is now only under medical supervision can be moved to that bed, and now the hospital bed is free. Absolutely. That speeds up the delivery. Absolutely. And also, I mean, our government is investing massive amount of money in uh, in mental health as well too mm-hmm. because sometimes um, you know individuals they will come to the hospital mm-hmm. uh, with um, issues mm-hmm. that we want to make sure that we diagnose them right away mm-hmm. and so we are trying to speed up the process mm-hmm. as much as possible mm-hmm. now just think our promise of 15,000 long term care bed mm-hmm. just in one year we delivered uh, half of those All right Right, so we understand the core issue right. of of our healthcare system, mm-hmm. and that is exactly what we are working on right now. Thank you so much. Thank you, MPP Khalid Rashid, for coming in the studio today and uh, trying to make this a weekly segment. So hopefully, people get more and more information, and that will you know that information is what clears up a lot of misconceptions. Oh, absolutely, and and that's why I'm so happy to come here and uh, provide information and. Uh, get feedback for uh, for our government. Thank you once again for coming in. Thank you so much. Stay tuned, folks. We'll uh, come back to some more political talk on the other side of this break. Stay with us.